0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new
1: podcast on the Studio DNA Network, hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas, and...
0: Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up.
1: live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks a podcast that's idea of dangerous stunts is recording at 9am on Saturdays it's sifpa Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He's trying to figure out why he's covered in honey and salmon. It's Dom Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Dom, welcome.
2: Hey, hey, hey. I'm glad to be
1: here, man. Release I- the bear. Uh, Yeah, man. That's terrifying. (laughs) That is
2: truly Uh, terrifying.
1: (laughs) uh, Dom is from Geek Vibes Nation and uh, has been on the podcast, I think, once before. Glad to have you back. Uh, Certainly heard from some people who said they loved having you on, and so we wanted to make sure we extended an invitation uh, back, and uh, you were so gracious to say yes. So thank you for that. Appreciate you being here. We're going to chat Moonfall. Um, which is not the new Jackass movie title, although it you know cer- <laughs> certainly could be, uh, and Jackass Forever, and uh, we'll we'll chat about those movies. Our best ever challenge this week is best ever disaster movies, um, so we're going to look at that topic, and then of course we'll do some uh, buried treasure and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. But first, Dom, how have you been, man? Like, how's life? How, how's I mean, we're we're deep in the winter now. We may be, you know. Head Now, we've got a ton of snow here. I don't know what it's like there in Nashville, but how are things for you?
2: Oh, man, things are good. Uh, It's just cold here. Uh, I've got enough jackets now uh, that I'm I'm pretty good. My wife is a jacket. You want another jacket? There's another jacket. (laughs) Cool. Um, How how many can I wear at once? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I've been I've been really good. Uh, These past couple months have been good. Uh, I unfortunately did catch COVID back in December yeah Uh, around the holidays but it wasn't too bad had like a good one or two bad days and uh since i'm vaxxed you know it's it was all good so
1: yeah yeah it really is incredible to to look at the difference between how the disease is hitting the vaxxed and the unvaxxed and it's uh yeah, I think I saw the stat I saw yesterday. By the way, uh, today on CIFPOP, COVID talk. Uh, you, know, you never know when it's going to happen, but it's happening today. 97% uh, percent more likely to have serious uh, illness or death if you're unvaxxed, which is just – just well, that's a wild number. Just a yeah. wild number. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you made it through. I actually uh, had it right at the beginning of everything. Like right when the vaccine started coming out, um, I actually tested positive – the same day I got my first shot, my first Pfizer. Shot. Oh, no. So, so, uh, so man, I was so immune after that. I was just like, man, I'm, I'm vaxxed <laughs> and got the natural immunity. Um, but thankfully it didn't hit me that, that hard either. I just lost my taste and smell basically. Um, and that was pretty much it for me, maybe a little bit tired. Um, but yeah, hits everybody differently. So everybody stay safe. If nothing else to hear from us. Stay safe. Uh, sure. it, is, it is certainly something we're all still going through. Uh, it, is, it is still the year t- 2020 as far as I'm concerned. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, It, it, sure. it kind of feels like that sometimes. Uh, well, the latest movies to come out in uh, 2020 uh, are Moonfall and Jackass Forever. So we're going to talk about those. Let's kick it off by talking about Moonfall. I've
0: made a shocking discovery. I need you to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change when you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. There's no need to panic. Not crazy!
2: Why are they lying about all this?
0: It's too late to stop. You knew all this was happening before NASA.
1: You're the unidentified source? Oh, yes. In 2022, humanity will face the dark side of the moon. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. Uh, Moonfall is the latest from Roland Emmerich, who really kind of likes this whole disaster movie thing. It seems to be a, a fun thing for him to do uh, and so he's doing it again you've got patrick wilson and holly berry uh kind of leading this one off uh with several others you may have heard of like donald sutherland popping in there uh, michael peña uh, john bradley who's a lot of fun uh kind of the comic relief in this uh what did you think dom did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay what are your thoughts on moonfall
2: you know what uh, it, it was it's really hard it was really hard to, to kind of decide for my feelings about it but uh, well, I'm you on landed. the like I'm on the like side
1: liked it oh this yeah. is so good i'm so happy uh i i will let you go first with some of your thoughts having liked this movie i hated this movie <laughs> i hated every second of this movie um that is very rare for me because i hate hating things uh right, right. but i just within Fifteen minutes of the start of this movie, I was done. I was just <laughs> so done with what was going on here. But please tell me about uh, what you liked about Moonfall.
2: So I was, I was of the similar mindset about halfway through. I was like, you know, it's the world's ending, and you're making jokes, and there's like, there's too much levity, and I'm like, I, there's no there's no sense of urgency. Like, there's no one's really panicking that much. Like, well, you know, we have to try to figure out what we're going to do. No, mm-hmm. we're, we're all going to die. But what saved it for me was the third act. When it kind of gets into the more sci-fi aspects and mm-hmm. the conspira- more of the conspiracy theory um, mm-hmm. world takes over and, you know, kind of this where we might have come from and what these mega structure of the moon. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take that because the movie is already kind of absurd. And Mm -hmm. um, that's where that's where it saved it for me because I I did write it off for a minute. I kind of checked out. I didn't really like Halle Berry's character. Like I like I love Halle Berry, and I I hate I'd hate to say like she just didn't work. Her character (laughs) just didn't work. I love that she was strong and stoic in the face of all these things, but there was just she was dry. The character was dry, and maybe it's because I found out later that it was originally written for. A man and they didn't it seemed like they didn't change anything besides the, hey mm-hmm. she's a mom but mm-hmm. her her story art didn't finish um but yeah but at the end i love the conspiracy theory sci-fi aspect and that's the only part i can latch on to to why i like this film
1: i get it I, I i get that i mean if there's one thing the world needs right now it's a movie that says, you know what, all the conspiracy theorists and Redditors are correct. That's what the world <laughs> needs right now is just a movie that's willing to say, you know, who's right these days, the conspiracy theorists. Uh Yeah, no, um, no, I actually do understand that that element of giving into the sci-fi stuff and uh, there's 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 some interesting enough conceits and concepts there that uh, that I liked you know that part of my brain sparking however the movie completely mishandles that part right like the the movie I was i I, w- I will say this I think the uh the trailer does a good enough job at spoiling that we're not dealing with the actual moon here uh yeah. that we're dealing with some sort of you know uh Force or I mean, you see in the trailer like clouds of nanobots like this is not this is not a surprise that we're dealing with some sort of technology thing going on here. Um, but if you're if if you don't know that going in, which I didn't because I don't watch trailers, I the movie is trying to save that as or the story, is I should say, trying to save that for some sort of third act reveal when I just wonder if a lot of that exposition, the third act is so exposition heavy on all of that stuff. I just wonder if all that exposition would have been better right at the top. Tell us right at the top some of that, that big – don't try to make it a twist. Don't try to you know, save it so they'll be like, oh, that's what's really going on. Tell the story and use that exposition to put us in the proper foundation instead of thinking, oh, we're dealing with a natural disaster. Because natural disaster films are really fun when you care about the characters, which, by the way, I didn't in this movie. I There was nothing about – there were some de- – I'm sorry. I go off on movies I hate sometimes, and, <laughs> and I, I, I apologize, but I just have things to say. Uh, there are some character deaths in this movie that are so who cares yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. That it's like not only did you not give me time to even know who that character is – but you, everything I do know about that character is completely on the surface, meanie jerk. Like it, it's just like, at what point it, was I s- supposed to give into these violins in this big swelling thing that you're trying to do with this character death? Wh- why? Why am I supposed to feel that way? My my, you know, it's a total contradiction to you know how you've presented this character to me. And it's just like overall, the movie was so much less concerned with telling a good story. Having good characters, as it was to just, oh, look at this cool idea we had, and look at all the money we have to do some special effects with it. And at the end of the day, that stuff is nothing if it's if it's not applied to a story that that you know I can't I can't connect to at all, you know. Yeah, they so, they
2: definitely. I think they definitely should have, if they were gonna do what they did, make the whole story about um, John Bradley's character and yeah. just let him be the focus yes. because, yeah, I didn't care about the disgraced astronaut that was like, well, so <laughs> <Did>
0: <laughs> yeah. Michael
2: Pena, I feel like Michael Pena was wasted.
1: So like, wasted.
2: Yeah. They, and I, and I had my, I was skeptical going in. Like when you see movies like this and the bigger names, someone's getting, you know, washed out and they're just there to bring you in to the movie. Because Michael Pena to me is he brings like this awkward, funny, and it was just wasn't there. And I'm like, I don't believe him as this serious, businessman either i don't know what that was like yeah i have this place up in aspen because i'm this rich guy and like you what i don't what look like a used car salesman <laughs> i don't know what
1: you're doing yeah yeah, it was a lexus dealer or something i i will say we're not we're not tipping uh tiptoeing around spoilers too much here there's not a, again a lot to spoil uh other than maybe how things finish out yeah. um but i will say there's a son character in this uh appropriately named sunny uh you know because if, if the sun part wasn't on the nose enough, how about what's the opposite of the moon? I don't know. The sun? Uh, anyways, there's a, there's a sun character in this that I think is supposed to be the emotional through line. If, if I'm yes. reading the what this story is maybe trying to do, and yet we know so little about this kid other than I guess maybe he went from kid to getting in trouble. And that's all we know. We don't know why he gets in trouble. We don't know what it was about. I mean, we kind of know that his dad was a disgraced astronaut. And are we just supposed to believe that because his dad was a disgraced astronaut, he, you know, turned to a life of street crime? Like what like what is what is this character? And why is the movie spending so much time like redeeming a character that I don't know why he needs redeemed? I don't like I he got all I saw is he got arrested once. That's all I saw. Like uh it's just the movie has no time for any good storytelling, and uh, and yeah, that character, and, and it's not like Charlie Plummer's a bad actor. It's just there's nothing for him to do uh, in that role. You know who else? I was trying there? to
2: figure. No, I was trying to figure out why he was there for a while. I was like, they keep showing him, but he's not saying anything. Like, why is he here?
0: Mm-hmm. And I
2: don't. And I don't know why. Like his, fa- <laughs> you, you're a disgrace, astronaut, Not because some bad thing happened, which. It's bad, but it was kind of small in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. But your whole family just gave up on you, and you like I don't know why why that was like in real life. Something happened. Your family stand. We're a rock. We're gonna stand by you. They're like, mm-hmm. oh man, you know what? You're in the media, and it just looks bad. So like, I'm gonna dip out. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make any sense.
1: None, none of it did. That whole like. um that uh, I think it was Charlie Plummer and Kelly Yu uh, and whoever the kid was um, in this, they have kind of this section of this movie. And every time it was them, I'm just like, oh, why? I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of these people. Why do I care about what's going on? These might as well just be <laughs> random side characters. Like the one note villains you have them interact with that like steal all their stuff are as well developed as they are, like in in that nobody is developed, um, you know, in any way. Uh One of the other how things- they even
2: how they even form a bond?
1: It was just like, we'll put right, you guys- <laughs>
2: Oh, we're in a car together point, now. <laughs> yeah, and at one point they're like, he, Charlie's getting, you know, getting hurt, and then she's like, I have to go after him. Why, you don't know him, you
1: don't know him at all. Right, right. Uh, also completely wasted Donald Sutherland Uh, you know um, it's just like this movie just it did not have time to be a good movie it just wanted to be a big loud movie and not that that's not that that's a surprise necessarily with Roland Emmerich but he has like it makes me think that the stuff I've liked from him is probably due to the charisma of some of the people involved like Independence Day I love love Independence Day but i'm just wondering now how much of that is just that will smith is an absolute force of nature and jeff goldblum is one of the greatest to ever do what he does you know what i mean like just how All much right. of it if they weren't the ones in that movie would it still have worked the way it did and i'm increasingly believing no independence day may be a terrible movie that is completely saved by incredible human <laughs> you know human performance um 'Cause yeah, Will and Will and Jeff put that movie on their back. Um, I kinda like Stargate. Stargate's okay for me. Um, but again, what I connect to about that is kind of the technology aspect of it, uh, and you know, some of the interesting visuals. Uh, but yeah, I just man, I'm I'm not excited uh to see what Roland Emmerich has going on uh next, because man, this is this is 2012 levels of bad, probably worse. <laughs> probably and I will worse
2: say too. That, like, even though I I appreciate the third act, there was, like, the turn was weird because it went from, like, destruction to very sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like, almost, like, Star Wars level. And I was, like, yeah, it doesn't, like, I like it, but it doesn't fit. And that's yeah. what did throw me. I was, like, you got these big, yeah, I'm not going to give away too much, but yeah, it, it did. I was, like, this is a weird turn, like, too weird of a turn. Um, and especially, Again. like. I the think the very end was weird too. I don't.
1: Yeah, storytelling wise, again, I think you're so much better off just laying that foundation at the beginning, so we know what the movie is about. Because trying to save it as some sort of twist is really confusing and just in in jarring uh, in that way. Um, I will also say, and this is not a surprise, the 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 complete lack of care for actual science is astounding. And the the gravity stuff in this movie is, is just so plot convenient and it's, it's just ridiculous. I don't know how you lift a heavy object because gravity is low without you yourself, like the ratio of your (laughs) own gravity to The planet should be the same as the heavy object, you know, like it's just I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those that
2: car scene made me mad. Yeah, I was like, this is not Fast and the Furious (laughs) or is it? (laughs) It might be. I don't know. They went to space. So maybe this is like the offshoot that we don't know about.
1: Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) At least Fast and Furious has some thematics, right? Like at least Fast and Furious (laughs) at least pretends to be about something right about family or about, you know, what it means to be there for each other. What is this movie about? What is it trying to say? Right. What, like, what what am That's I supposed to come point. out the other side thinking? Oh, I'm gonna think about that later. <laughs> I don't need that necessarily on a deep level from every movie, but give me something to think about while I'm walking out, other than oh, that one shot maybe looked cool, you know. Um,
2: the the main thing I took uh, that I, I had to Google afterwards because I was curious was megastructures. I was mm-hmm. like, what is what is it? Okay, and then that yeah, but that was about the main thing that only, the only thing that I took away. I was like, what's a mega structure the whole movie? I was like, <laughs> let me. I don't want to like pull my phone out, but I'm kind of curious what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I was like, I mean, yeah, that'd be crazy if the moon fell, but I'm pretty sure it would end like you know how they want it to end. They just blow it up. Yeah. Oh, the moon's coming. Shoot it.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i uh I will say if I do have to say something positive about the movie it probably is that it does deliver on the visuals like on the destruction visuals yeah. but really at that point all you're getting is is a tech demo on you know how cool you can make stuff look um but but it but it did it wasn't like the c g was bad it wasn't like um it, it, they didn't have those moments. Uh, they deliver on that promise. The movie delivers on the promise of destruction, cities, you know, tearing apart, tsunamis, earthquakes, all that stuff. Uh, it does deliver on that. It's just, it's just nothing. And, um, I,
2: and I think they tried to, they tried to make that the part of the narrative, like the dangers of AI. I think, mm-hmm. and but it didn't quite. There wasn't enough. They, heard, like, they detail barely about it. at
1: that though. They yeah, barely yeah. There wasn't enough. That. Like,
2: yeah. I don't, I, I, don't know. Like, I, I, yeah, there, there was no. It was like he threw a lot of, had a lot of different thoughts. And was like a little bit of this, uh, like, like he was making like a kitchen sink cookie. You just a little bit of all these things, and maybe it'll, yeah. you know, it's. I think you end up watching it as like, you know, when you watch trash TV, mm-hmm. you you end up watching it like you're watching. You know, we hear a title like Sharknado. You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna watch this because I know it's absurd, and you know that's how this this is the category that this film kind of falls into. Is like you know what, it's just an absurd movie, and if you watch it for just like none of this shit makes sense, mm-hmm. like, then yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah, I uh, I just I love the fact that uh, apparently you can you can launch a space shuttle with five people. You know that apparent.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> and two two no three of which. Are are in the space shuttle. You just need a couple people to push some buttons. You know, just push some buttons back at uh, control, guys. Uh, everything will be everything will be just fine. And
2: not even have all the rockets you need. Like, right? Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, we
1: <laughs> we can just do it on two. We haven't done like you know. There's not like intricate math involved here that uh, that you need certain things. No, no. We'll just we'll just fly on a couple of rockets here. Uh that is Moonfall. I don't have a ton more to say on it. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Um,
2: uh, what, what would Elon do, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I can't believe how much I hated this movie. Uh, it is not a recommend for me. I don't even think there's really, I watched it in IMAX. It was kind of beautiful, but a very, a lot, a lot of annoying stuff to sit through to get to any kind of cool visual. So, so yeah, not a recommend for me. Dom, would you recommend it?
2: Uh, When it comes out on VOD. (laughs) There you go.
1: There you go. All right. Let's move into uh, the next movie. Uh, By the way, uh, Moonfall is in theaters. Uh, We're going to take a look at Jackass Forever.
0: The world waited for what felt like forever. Then, we waited longer. But this February... This is going to be the gnarliest shit ever. The wait is over.
1: Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to (laughs) Jackie's. Celebrating the joy of being back together with your best friends in a perfectly executed shot to the ding dong. The original Jackass crew returned for another round of hilarious, wildly absurd, and often dangerous displays of comedy with a little help from some exciting new cast. Johnny and the team pushed the envelope even further in Jackass Forever. Uh, Jackass Forever, I believe, is the fourth Jackass movie. Um, and does bring back a lot of those people who got their start on the TV show on MTV, um, including Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O and those guys. Uh, I'll just say now, and we don't have to go into it or or mention it much, uh, Bam Margera, who's been part of the crew, uh, is dealing with some rough stuff and uh, could not be in the movie, and you certainly can research uh, that stuff. Uh, and then of course they lost one of their members, uh, in an accident, uh, not related to any kind of filming. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting 20 years for these guys. Uh, Dom, I guess before you even say whether you liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, or it was just okay. What is your relationship to the material? Like what is, uh, your, your, um, you know, your relationship to the entirety of Jackass?
2: uh i definitely started watching this as soon as it hit uh, hit mtv Mm -hmm. when i was probably in fourth fifth grade i lived in utah where a lot of people already did some of those things a lot of hills and (laughs) mountains and things Uh so like it was and you know we didn't read the disclaimer so we definitely tried some of those things uh that we weren't supposed to but yeah since the beginning i've been a fan um all the guys are very like likeable. It's kind of hard not to like it, even if you're not a fan of, you know, getting hit in the nuts or mm-hmm. <laughs> jumping off things. Right. Hard, it's hard not to like these guys.
1: Yeah. So did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Good. Full yes. on loved it. Um yeah. I'm going to probably land in the just okay category. I have a I have a really, really back and forth. Uh, you know, feeling about this material. Um, The thing you say about them being really likable is so true. And I guess we can start there because I really do think that's why a lot of this has worked for so long is that these are obvious friends who are just having a blast torturing each other, right? Yeah. Like, it is just like... And they know that that's part of their friend group, you know, contract, basically. Is yeah. it any, <laughs> any moment... I could hit you in the genitals or there may be a rattlesnake or, you know, an alligator may bite your nipple or, you know, whatever the case may be, like they know that's part of the gig uh, and they have from the beginning. And it is not something I connected to uh, initially. Um, It was not a show I watched. I didn't watch the first couple movies when they came out. By the time the third movie came out and it was becoming more of a kind of a cultural thing, I think the third movie made almost $200 million, uh, which is crazy. Uh, I took a more serious look at it and watched the first two as well as the third one, which I think was 3D. I think it was Jackass 3D was the, the third one. And uh, I came to a place where it was like, I get it. I understand why people enjoy laughing with them. I laughed a lot during this movie. I laughed more in this movie, movie than I do in most movies. It is hard not to have that laughter be contagious and the experiences that are happening. The other side of that is this is the gladiator arena. This is the the idea of this is we and i say we as a culture are paying these individuals lots of money to put their lives on the line and that that kind of eh, makes gets under my skin a little bit i'm just like is that who we want to be where we honor this idea of oh go and do something that might kill you because i want to laugh right and i think it is only by you know providential reasons uh for whatever reason that that there hasn't been a tragedy in in one of these recordings you know you look at the stuff that Knoxville has done with bulls including in in this movie and it could have been worse it was pretty bad it was pretty yeah. bad in this movie and yeah. he's talked about the fact that it was it was close to being very traumatic i think he had um i think he had some hemorrhaging in his in his skull yeah. and some different things from from that quote unquote stunt and by stunt i just mean Doing a magic trick uh, in a ring with a bull, <laughs> and the bull just bulldozing you. The bull one. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so, so there is that part of it where I'm just like, there's part of me that's like, can I fully embrace this? And I don't think the answer is yes. Um, if it were just the uh, no no permanent damage stunts in pranks, then maybe I could maybe I could get a little more on board. Uh, but it, it speaks to this part of us that wants to see people put themselves in harm's way and I yeah I don't I, I know that's in me I know that that that's part of my humanness but it's it's not something that it's definitely something i I wrestle with um but uh but man it is just non-stop insanity uh you know that these guys are putting themselves through what are some of your other thoughts uh what do you love about this movie um so
2: I've seen a lot of you know of the younger gen- generation Z, you know they're like this is just this is just YouTube like what do, what is I don't get it.
1: And <laughs> sure, sure. Which
2: and and I think you know I understand where they're coming from because these guys essentially created a genre of things that people do watch on YouTube mm-hmm. and the difference is is like we said before the personalities like you you care about and you laugh so hard because you. We've grown to know who these guys are, what they, how they feel about certain things that they do. If I'm watching somebody on YouTube. It's just I don't, I don't really care. This guy just got hurt. I don't know who this guy is. Don't know where he came right. from. Anything. So I think that's where the the divide happens. Um, but you know, for for me, it's weirdly enough, I look at at the film and what they do in a philosophical type of way sometimes, mm-hmm. to where. Um, Time heals all wounds, right? And kind of anything that happens, if it sucks in the moment, live in that moment, it's going to suck, but later on, it's going to be okay. You made it through, whether it was 30 seconds or 30 minutes, whatever that hard situation, you you can make it through. And that's kind of how I look at some of the things that it – and it's weird to look at it that way. You know, these Mm -hmm. guys are getting hit by a bull, but then later on you're like, he made it through. He's okay, hopefully. Mm Um but that's kind of how I, I look at um, some of what they do in, in, in the grand scheme of things, because it, it is a, a friendship bond thing that we put ourselves through different things. And eventually, you know, we have to work it through. Um, but no, like, I, I think I just um, I haven't laughed that hard or that long in. <sighs> I don't know how long it's years. Like, I don't think I laugh that much when I go to see stand-up comedians.
1: Right. I just don't.
2: Right. Um, I mean, from beginning to end, uh, it's nonstop laughs, uh, and it 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 is laugh laugh at someone else's pain. Um, and I think that they know that they know. that oh, sure. They're providing oh, yeah. a service in a way, like you know. I, I saw a lot of what they they retweeted uh, or they put on their stories, and it was uh, reviews talking about. This is what we need right now. So they know that they're providing this kind of joy uh, sure. to the world. It just happens that it's at their expense.
1: Yeah. Um. It. Uh, yeah. Again, it's just it's the life threatening stuff that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that t- tweaks that little part of me. But no, I, I think you're right. I think there is something with uh, what they are doing that is in many ways, cathartic for, mm-hmm. for culture. And, um, and it just so happens that it's, you know, uh, in this case happens to be genital trauma and, you know, <laughs> scatological humor. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, um and, and by the way, I should say, uh, I don't know how many people listen to this podcast to you know like content ratings, that kind of stuff. There, there's a lot of genitals, genitals in this movie. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of penis. Uh, yeah. So just, just something to know ahead of time. And there is something I can't believe I'm, I'm going here, but there there is something that's interesting about a group of male friends who are completely comfortable with their bodies in that For way. Kind sure. it kind of, it kind of uh, is different than that that um, that gay panic thing that you'll yeah, you'll yeah, yeah. see in some other humor or have in the past. Um, so um, so sure, there we'll put that in the positive column. You know that they're uh, they seem to be mature about <laughs> mature. I just just used the word mature in talking about jackass, but no, their, their, their understanding of, of the human body as a uh, piece of humor is, you know, certainly something we don't see uh, anywhere else. Um, So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Totally understand it. I just wish they would completely do away with any of the stunts that could be life. Uh, risking like genuinely life risking yeah. would that change it for you would it change it for you if they they didn't have the bull stuff or if maybe you found out it wasn't as dangerous as you thought it was that there was a lot of you know a lot more safety precautions that that you know we didn't know about would that change it at all
2: no because uh, i actually uh actually put it in my review that some of their like stunts were more sophisticated where they weren't going to get hurt like that like mm-hmm. the um the merry-go-round with them chugging the milk and the paintballs mm-hmm. no one's going to get hurt really bad right. we're going to get some bruises from the paintballs but some of those were the best ones and they were the most entertaining mm-hmm. um the bull stuff you you see it and i think part of when, when i watch those things i want to see him survive it i don't you know i don't want to see him get hurt which i know he will mm-hmm. um But when I see those things, I want to see them survive. I don't want to see like, oh, no, like because I remember in the theater hearing like when you see him like land, everybody's like, oh, no, like he he really got hurt. Because we all have in our imagination like they're okay. like even though we see a tooth fly out, they're they're not really hurt because they're smiling afterwards. But, Mm -hmm. that you know, that's not always the case. But, yeah, so it wouldn't change it for me at all if they were able to do more outrageous, outlandish things without the risk of. Losing an arm or your life, then I was is still would like it just as much.
1: As a uh, as more of a jackass fan than I've uh been in the past, how what did you think about kind of the new quote unquote cast? Uh, like Zach Holmes, um, Rachel Wolfson, the first female member of the jackass <laughs> crew. Um, I was trying to think of some of the others that uh, Poopies, uh, joined, Poopies yes, <laughs> yeah. a grown man named Poopies is uh, in this, is in this, Jasper,
2: group.
1: yeah, Jasper, and
2: his, and his dad, Dark Shark.
1: <laughs> That's right I don't know if Dark Shark is He's uh, like an actual member of the crew I think he's just right. Jasper's dad but, Well but, I know yeah.
2: um, So there was a show called Lord of Squad uh, With Tyler the Creator And his whole group which is Jasper mm-hmm. Lionel, Taco, Sid Dark Shark was on there sometimes And uh, they that show was produced by Jeff Tremaine So they've always kind of been Attached to that group um, Jasper seemed very nervous A lot of the time Mm-hmm. Uh, which I would be too. You're like, he's probably like, you know, I'm the one black guy here and I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and his dad is hilarious cause he's just afraid and it's crazy how they set him up. He's like an ex gang member and he's been in jail and he's scared of everything. Anything with more than two legs. He's terrified. Mm-hmm. And that is hilarious to me. Um, but, uh, do you Zach-
1: find go ahead? No, go
2: ahead. Oh, go ahead. oh no, no, no. Zach is super tough. That guy just was like, everything is, and it could be because he's so big, but nothing fazed him, it seemed like. He's down for whatever, and that's the kind of guy that they want on their team.
1: I I am interested in your thoughts on the the black community and its relationship to this kind of humor because it does seem like my interpretation of what I see in popular culture from the black community is more of the well I mean the the new Jordan Peele movie is called Nope right like this idea yeah, yeah, is yeah. like you know it's more like nope not me like you know I'll I'll stay safe you know kind of thing so is there this kind of like uh risk taking death defying thing in the black community or is or is it for the most part like um these guys are crazy it's
2: it's a little it's a little bit of both but more of like the nope side so there's yeah. a guy um who's an influencer i think his name is like Kiron. he had a show on fuse called mm-hmm. um white people Shit" because <laughs> right, stuff right. are like yeah that's yeah. what we say like no that's that's we don't do that like, yeah right but right. there is there is that niche like when you see like the one or two skateboarders and like a skate competition or uh, the the random black kid at, like, uh, a punk show. There is a small community who's very into that. A lot of it is more of, like, spectating, like, they're crazy. Like, that's mm-hmm. wild. And yeah. we – we. but the thing is, we appreciate those guys for doing this. Like, that's badass. That was gangster. that you did that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it, though, because <laughs> I'm not built that way. Right, um,
0: yeah.
2: But there is there is a genuine like love for for seeing that in the in the black community. It's just that most of us are not gonna attempt those things. You'll have mm-hmm. the one or two. And I since I grew up in Utah, I, I was part of doing you know certain little things like that. I wouldn't go to the full extreme. I have friends that did like backyard wrestling, and they're like, "You want to jump off the roof onto this table?" I'm like, "No." But if you want to hit me with like a chair, maybe I don't. I'm not doing too much. <laughs> um, so that there is there is that um, that that small uh subsect of the of the black community that will, you know, participate or do those things, but more spectation than anything. Well
1: it's interesting because the movie, you know, it it does add Jasper, um and, you know, Tyler's on there and like you you mentioned, um, uh, there are some other um um people on there as well, but it also again adds Rachel, which is another interesting like it's interesting to think how does what this has always been in many people's minds is um you know dudes being crazy you know du- dudes being dudes and it's like okay so how does the masculinity how do our perceptions of masculinity and femininity play into how Rachel is received as a uh, you know a member of this over the top crazy crew the stunts that she does are all physical pain based. I think she mm-hmm. licks a taser at one point and she has a, like a, a scorpion Botox, she, you know, yeah. prank that, that she does. Um, in, in, in one, actually one of the most interesting parts of the movie. And by the way, I'm not afraid to, to spoil. I mean, you, you, you know, the, the deal with, yeah, with yeah. Jackass, we don't need to do a SIF spoil on, on Jackass <laughs> stunts, but during the scorpion Botox, they act, the scorpion accidentally gets dropped on her chest and she's like, get it off me. And one of the guys is like, I can't, touch your boob unless you give consent and she's like I give consent (laughs) but just hearing that in in this in this kind of environment like the idea that they are as careful with and I saw a lot of COVID masks like that kind Mm -hmm. of thing like that they're careful with like COVID masks and touching consent And then they've got their penises out all the time and also are about (laughs) to kill themselves. Like the, like the, the contradiction there is so fascinating to me that like for entertainment, I will get plowed over by a bull and almost die, but please keep your COVID mask on. If you're filming (laughs) it, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just kind of that, that weird thing going on here. Um, Did that ever occur to like, how, like, what are some of your thoughts on her being on the team and, and just come some of that kind of stuff?
2: No, they they definitely make your argument for penises don't have to be like innately sexual things. Like yes, you know what I mean. Like most, I think Poopies was like, I was afraid to do this because everybody in the in the world is gonna see my penis, but like here I am. Right. Right. I don't care. Um, No, it's it is a weird dynamic, and and it's crazy you say that because I've never seen any of them want to sexualize anything besides you know, Chris doing this party boy stuff, but it's the shock factor of like, Hey, I'm a, na- a guy dancing half naked in public and nothing's right. ever sexual. They never try to make anything sexual. Um, I mean, I'm almost, <laughs> part of you thinks like, can I even have kids? I mean, you find out kind of that they do, they all kind of <laughs> talk about like, do you. Like, how do you, all yeah. the trauma you got kids? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, like she seemed very comfortable there. I mean, she's afraid of course of the stunts, but like, no, there's other girls that are around too, and they all seem very comfortable with these guys because no one is trying. Well, they to be... know they know
1: the score. They know, they know what's yeah. going on. They under they understand yeah. what you know what this is certainly, and they and they probably do behind the scenes have uh, consent letters that they sign and say, "I know oh, that I'm yeah, walking yeah. into this environment. I know that there's danger. I know that you know there are bodies and nudity and and that kind of stuff. They're they're probably very careful about that stuff. It's just it, it's interesting to me." to see that seeming contradiction you know the, that seeming yeah. thing uh that's happening there um
2: and if she's like a stand-up comedian i mm-hmm. figured they would have got like um i know there's a part of travis pastrana's group there's a girl uh motocross uh athlete with them she seems more like she would do these crazy stunts mm-hmm. but of course since Ra- uh, rachel's weren't Like, super physical. I guess that's why it was cool. But, yeah, it was very weird to see her because she's a stand-up comedian. I'd heard of her before. And I was like, hold on. How do you get a stand-up comedian to, like, Mm -hmm. put their life at risk for this movie? You know, she's not an extreme stunt person.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have too much else to say about this. I will reemphasize that what I wrestle with is um, someone in the chat mentions that what's interesting is because we're watching it, we know they're okay. Like they, this movie would not come out if somebody had died, yeah. right? Like they would they would absolutely uh, shut it down. But what for me, I wrestle with is it's not that what I'm watching that I'm worried something bad is gonna happen. it's that in, with me supporting it is it encourage them them to do something else or somebody else to do something else for entertainment that will get them killed or will get right, them right. seriously damaged or injured uh, and so it's not the it's not what I'm watching I'm worried about. it's the next one. it's you know. When what does it take uh, for us to go, oh, maybe the life, you know, the death defying stuff really should just be not not okay. And uh, and, you know, if we're being honest, we could have the same conversations about the NFL, right? Like we could have the same conversations about the money that we are paying people. To really genuinely hurt themselves permanently, you know, and, um, I think they're important conversations. I don't have the answers. You know, we, we all kind of want to give people the freedom as adults to, you know, consent to do things that might harm them for their own, um, you know, financial benefit. Uh, but I think there is something to wrestle with there as a, as a culture. So, uh, for sure. Um, anything else from you, Dom, about Jackass forever?
2: Uh, I don't know what danger Aaron did to piss everybody off, but he got the brunt of the entire film. I think it's
1: because we're talking about Aaron uh, uh, McGahey uh, uh, um, because uh, that would not be me, Aaron. Uh, But (laughs) I think it's because he genuinely has those reactions where you think, oh, he's having a mental breakdown uh, and he's willing to go there. There are some moments I don't know how much he's play acting. There are some moments where I genuinely feel like if he's acting, he's doing an incredible job, but that he is having what is sim- uh, you know similar to what has been called uh, shell shock or something like that, where it's you know like genuine you know trauma of I thought I was going to die yeah. and uh, yeah, and like he needs to be almost uh, wakened back up to the real world where his life isn't <laughs> in danger. Um, but yeah, he's he, he does uh, bear the the brunt of um of the show. Which by the way, if you've ever watched Idiocracy, how is Jackass not the owl my balls of <laughs> uh, like it literally is owl my balls from idiocracy? Yeah. Um yeah. so so there you go. Uh that is Jackass Forever. You can catch it in theaters. Uh, if you're up for it and can withstand it, uh, so there you go, Jackass Forever and uh, Moonfall, the movies this week. Before we get into the best ever challenge, a thank you to our Sifpop members uh, on Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/sifpop if you're interested in checking it out. Uh, Want to thank Stu for coming on board uh, as a member. Um, really, really appreciate that, and it is. Uh, uh, several different levels that you can do but you have like different um, perks that you get for those including uh, extra bonus content we talked about what TV we're watching uh, went, went into a, a few of the TV shows that we're enjoying right now on the members only uh, precast check all that out at patreon.com sifpop I just want to let you know some really fun stuff in store at the website sifpop.com for the coming year and you make that possible by supporting this podcast and that website uh, at Patreon, Patreon.com/siftpop is the website. Go check it out, and uh, if you want to support, become a member. It's really, really appreciated, and thank you for doing that.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to
1: shop today. All right, let's move into the Best Ever Challenge. We're going to talk uh, Best Ever Disaster Movies in honor of Moonfall. Um, I went a little broad with this topic. I don't know how broad you went, Dom. Um, I don't think I went so broad that some that people will be like that's not. you can't count that. I think I think you can count all these uh, that I mentioned um, but uh, but we'll see. we'll see. We'll go from number five to number one. Dom, you're gonna kick us off. What's your number five uh, best ever disaster movie?
2: My number five is the mist.
1: Oh, good choice.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, once I, I remember, because I remember I the movie a lot when it came on uh, sci-fi, I believe, and just the scene of them being stuck in that grocery store and then, you know, you have the one woman preaching, uh, like, biblical, uh, end-of-the-world type things and everybody starts to mm-hmm. turn on each other. That's when the movie really hit for me. I was like, like I can see this clearly happening. It's It, it happens so easily because people need to be able to explain or rationalize things in their head. And then what's the easiest thing to yeah. do? Blame somebody for it. And that's what, it really turns up the the, the tension. And then, you know, just all the monsters and aliens coming through. Like, it's it's a really fun movie. And I, I think when it initially came out, it got, um, like, slept on. But I, I love it so much.
1: Uh, one of the most incredible endings to a movie ever. Uh, absolutely astonishing. Uh, the Mist is a good choice at number five. Uh, my number five <coughs> disaster movie. Uh, and this may be the most I stretch the category, but I think it does count. Is Castaway, uh, with Tom Hanks. Um, I think this qualifies as a disaster movie. Uh, both for the the plane wreck and and, and because the entire movie is him trying to you know recover from or beat this disaster uh, that he is in. Uh, I've talked many times about how powerful this movie is, uh, and I really, really enjoy it. I think Tom Hanks gives an incredible performance, and he has a moment with a roll—excuse uh, me—with an ice skate uh, that would be right at home in a Jackass movie. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, you've got that as well. Uh, in any movie that can make you fall in love with a volleyball, uh, is doing something right. Wilson, I care more about a volleyball in this movie than any single character in moonfall. <laughs> All right. Let that sink in for a second. They made a volleyball more important to the story than any character in moonfall. Okay. There you go. Uh, that is my number five is cast away. What do you got at number four, Dom? Uh,
2: number four. I have, this is the end. Oh yes. Um, I remember going to go and see this opening night and didn't know exactly what to expect. But Seth Rogen always bring along his pals is always great for me. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're playing like these um, heightened versions of themselves and you see them being super extra and how these Hollywood, the Hollywood elite you know, would um, how they would uh, fare during some kind of apocalypse and rapture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, the scene of of Danny McBride walking out with a chained, masked uh, Channing Tatum. Like, I don't know how you beat that imagery. It's it's <clears> hilarious.
1: <throat> it and is. as he's
2: eating somebody, you know. Oh,
1: is this, so kind of, this is kind of the fictional, uh, in many ways, a, a fictional uh, version of Jackass, right? Like, you've got this group of friends, and they're doing some of, you know, the same over-the-top, you know, physical stuff, gross stuff, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's all fictional. And you can just tell they're having a blast. And so you're yeah. laughing along with them, um, it's it's really, really funny. That's a decent choice for sure., uh, my number four, best ever disaster movie is gravity. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Quran movies. I think uh, Sandra Bullock is absolutely incredible in this movie. And I think this is one of those that that it really benefited from the movie going experience for me. But then when I was able to watch it later, even on a smaller screen, I was like, "Oh, this is incredible storytelling. This is incredible um, thematic work that's being done here on Quran." Always, he seems very interested in life, in birth, in you know, childhood, and there are so many beautiful images in this movie that literally echo like gestation and cutting the umbilical cord and the movie ends with like her first steps. Like there's, there's this real thing about the just the inherent danger of being born, you know, like that, that life is this terrifying, but beautiful thing to to just exist. And he just does that stuff so well. And um, I just, I'm in awe of that uh, in this movie, uh, the stuff he's doing in gravity. So that is, that is my number four uh what do you got at number three
2: uh number three i have uh, a quiet place
1: hmm.
2: good choice um yeah i mean when we when you saw krasinski's name on there you're like
0: mm-hmm.
2: jim but jim in the office doing a oh. horror type film what, uh-huh. is, what is this uh but now we know that a lot of the best horror films come from the comedic minds um but just this new i like this new subgenre of It's like sensory horror where you can't talk or someone can't hear. Um, And to have a film be able to tell such an intense story with very little words and very little dialogue, I think is like, you should champion that film. Um, And I've seen people try to uh, copy this and it doesn't work. Um, And the fact that we don't, what signs fail to me is being able to see what this alien thing looks like. To only see flashes of it in the first A Quiet Place, um, let your imagination run a little bit. You don't know where they come from, exactly what they look like. Um, and then them having to like really be put in a spot to have to use their minds and be creative to figure out how we're going to survive this thing. Um, just boosted it that much more. Um, and yeah, I mean, watching that movie, you think like, would I survive this? And the answer is No. <laughs>
1: <Nope>. <laughs>
0: no that is my I'm answer too much.
1: on any of these movies on every <laughs> yeah. single one of these movies i'm like i'm the first out bye sorry yeah. I, it's, my time is over and enjoy your fight against whatever big thing is happening because i just got eaten uh <laughs> yeah. So, yeah no i'm in totally the first
2: like 30 seconds yeah. there. oh i died
1: yeah yeah like, oh no <laughs> i died uh yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, my number three best ever disaster movie uh, is Apollo 13, which is interesting because it is kind of a real life uh, disaster movie. And, you know, based on a story that really happened or afford to believe Moonfall um, maybe didn't happen. Um Maybe everything that went wrong was was due to future AI tech. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, but uh, I find this movie to be compelling in many many ways. Primarily, which how much it emphasizes just the absolute power of human ingenuity and the idea of problem solving and you know finding your way through things. Um, just really really great stuff. It is the second movie out of three I've mentioned that has Tom Hanks in it. So there, it's. Just a little disaster movie theme for you. Uh, Apollo 13 is my number three. Um, what's your number two, Dom? Oh, you know what? You got me
2: thinking real quick about Tom Hanks and disaster movies. I just watched Finch not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he knows something we don't know. You know what? <laughs> we need to hit up, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number two is Zombieland. Okay. Uh, I love the movie. It's fun. Um, and. I don't think we've ever quite gotten a film that, with a disaster, gives us a step-by-step on how to survive just in case this does happen. Now, we know, with doomed, Doomsday Preppers and things of that sort, Walking and Walking Dead, you know, we always saw this, but to get a rundown of, like, you know what, if this happens, uh, with all these different types of zombies, different locations, this is how it's going to play out. Um, and who knew that this is the way that I needed to have, um, I can't think of his name now.
1: I, Jesse Eisenberg? Tallahassee. Oh, Woody uh, no, Harrelson?
2: Woody Harrelson.
1: Yeah.
2: Who, I didn't know I needed him as Tallahassee, but you know what? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he fit that role perfectly. Um, and I love zombie films, but this one is uh, it's different. It gave us something fresh. Um, and in a, a genre that's crowded, it gave us something new. And I think that's why it stands out from a lot of the other zombie films.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really funny. And it, it really understands where the humor comes from and how to uh, incorporate that without diminishing what it wants to do with the tension. I don't think the second one succeeds at that as well as the first one yeah. does. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the first one definitely does some good stuff like that. Um, all right, my number two, uh, really... Even though I just used a real-life one, this is also a real-life one. But uh, really mixed feelings about putting this as a disaster film because of how powerful and meaningful this movie is. But I think it is one of the clearest real-life examples of what is the actual trauma that is disaster. Uh, And it is an incredible film by Paul Greengrass called United 93. Um, And I just... I don't know that I ever want to watch this movie again, but it is so clearly communicates the trauma. And again, the human element of what must have been happening on that plane. Once they knew what was going on, Um, the other planes on that day were probably very clueless as to what was going on until it was all over for them. But this is a group of people who due to a few reasons that the movie goes into, understood the score they knew what was happening and they knew it was completely up to them to change the narrative in one way or another and i mean i don't know of i mean there are many examples of literal heroes in our world but the people on that flight certainly fall into that category and this movie honors them in in a really powerful way so i had to say it just because it's such a great movie um seems weird to talk about it as a disaster movie quote unquote i know that um, but any chance I get to let people know United, United 93 is is worth watching, I, I want to mention it. So that is my number two. Sure. Sure. Uh, let's talk about our number ones. Dom, what is your number one disaster movie?
2: All right. And you know what? I started with this movie uh, when I started looking at the, the definition, verification of what a disaster film was. Mm-hmm. Because sure. it was going, you're very like... Normal, what you think of disaster movies. I was like, okay, Dante's Peak, and oh, sure, you know, sure. things like that. And then I was like, wait, I can I can go a little more specific. Broaden it so, out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so my uh, my number one is Jurassic Park.
1: All right, I'll take it. Um,
2: not only were, were, you know, at that time, out as a kid, dinosaurs, all kids love dinosaurs. We mm-hmm. don't see them every day, even until now we realize that, like, ostriches and emus and chickens are dinosaurs. But... um Just the fact of scientists, uh, in some sense, playing God and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. what happens if we're able to possibly bring back the most possibly terrifying things that have ever existed that we probably can't stop? What's going to happen? Let's put them in a zoo because nothing nothing ever goes wrong in a zoo unless they get out because they're stronger than any man-made thing that we could build. Um, But, yeah, just that's the first movie I remember seeing, and I really felt some type of way to put myself in this position of like, I I would go to, I would, I know I would go to see this. I would, there's a Mm -hmm. dinosaur park in Utah. I know if there's a real park with real dinosaurs, I'd be one of the first ones in line. Sure. I want to see a Raptor and then to to get stuck and they get out and you have to use what you've been taught about dinosaurs to kind of survive. Um, I mean, and just the iconic sound of a T-Rex and a Raptor Mm -hmm. that we get, it looks so good because they use a lot of, um, practicality when they're making mm-hmm. a lot of animatronics and things of that sort. Yep. Um, it's hard. Not just just a disaster movie, but a movie in general, it's, it's always going to be probably in my top 20
0: because mm-hmm.
2: it's so good. I mean, then you got Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's so good, man. Uh. And, I, and I, if I had to, to go out of all these different types of movies, I guess getting eaten by a T-Rex would be kind of an honor, I guess, with my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> so, you know, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, I went back and forth on this one. It absolutely would have been on my list. Um, I, I eventually just decided it didn't quite fit in there for me, but I, told, yeah. I do not hold it against you. I think it absolutely qualifies uh, as a disaster film. Uh, honorable mentions, did you have any others you wanted to mention before I kind of run over some a few others? I think my
2: my only one uh, was Dante's Peak, I used to love it as a kid, I watched it a lot I think mm-hmm. I was on my, my Pierce Brosnan kick but Dante's Peak really stuck in my mind Like that was the first thing that popped in my mind but I hadn't seen it in a while so I kind of brushed it off to the side
1: yeah, yeah, uh, I wanted to mention a few of the classics that people think of like, like the epitome mm-hmm. of disaster movies because I think they're worth mentioning uh poseidon adventure is so much fun um in really kind of the definition of this category um Mm -hmm. you know something like that um but uh oh i didn't mention my number one i forgot to mention my number one Mm -hmm. um apologies it's titanic i was just thinking what other shipwreck movies are there i was like yeah of course it's titanic is my number one uh disaster movie uh I, I love this movie I it, it, there's there's some some real interesting backlash that always happens with very popular movies I don't get it with this one I think it's absolutely superb storytelling combined with incredible effects in tension on the disaster part um yeah I think t- Titanic is James Cameron makes great movies he just knows <laughs> yeah. how he just knows how to own an audience he just really does Um, and, and Titanic is, is a good example of that. So yes, that is my number one, which I completely, uh, forgot to mention. That was Uh,
2: almost, that's, that was almost on my list. It was really hard for me to not put it on there.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, yes. Poseidon Adventure is one worth mentioning. Uh, Towering Inferno is another one that certainly needs to be mentioned. I recently, just this year, uh, checked off, uh, airport, uh, which is 1970, uh, off my list and. Uh, this is a really, really kind of follows that classic structure. It's one of the first real disaster movies in that way. But it it almost, it, when you watch a movie like that, you realize how important the human element is to these movies. Um, and it's, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. So I wanted to mention that. Um, a couple others, Independence Day, I think deserves a mention. Uh, I really enjoy that. The Martian probably uh, should get a mention in this category uh speed speed's kind of a disaster movie right yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah. maybe because there's uh you know multiple parts it's not just the bus but that's true that's it's true. primarily the bus uh so i think it, it would be close to counting uh and then edge of tomorrow uh, is another one oh, i wanted to mention yeah. um another alien invasion one um that i think works for the category too so there you go best ever disaster movies feel free to let us know if we missed any that you love. Um, all right, let's finish up with the uh, buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about Dom? Uh, <laughs>
2: Andrew Garfield's live action. Spider-Man <laughs> is the best Spider-Man. I'm sorry. And I'm not talking the films himself. I'm talking about him playing Spider-Man, the swagger, the, the one-liners, the, the aesthetic, his build. He's a perfect Spider-Man that we've gotten so far. Love Toby, love Tom, Andrew's just better, I'm sorry, don't, <laughs> at, don't at me, don't tweet, like, I'm sorry, Andrew's better, and we saw the emotion that he gave in No Way Home, he's just better, I'm sorry, so, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'm with you, uh, I've always said that, I've, I've always said Garfield's my favorite Spider-Man, even though those movies weren't necessarily my favorite Spider-Man movies, Um but I'm a huge Garfield guy, too. I've loved pretty much everything he's chosen to do. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm totally with you on that uh, for your Buried Treasure. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Pen15 uh, for my Buried Treasure. This is on uh, Hulu. During our Sifpop uh, Pop uh, members' pre-show, we talked a little bit about some other shows uh, that are on Hulu. What I find really interesting about Pen15... Which, if you look at the title, Pen15, you can probably get the joke. Uh, But uh, Pen15 is a show where these two women have basically... It's part autobiographical for them. They've kind of written their own history or exaggerated history of their kind of pre-adolescence into adolescence years into this uh, TV show. But they're playing their adolescent selves as adults. The actors around them are all actual adolescent actors, but they uh, are playing these roles as their adolescent um, selves. And it is so interesting and so fun. Uh, it is clear that it's very meaningful to them. And I will say this is the final season. Uh, I think they're just a, a couple seasons. The episodes are pretty short. This isn't a huge investment if you want to check this out. I love the way this show ends because is because it is very clear that they wanted to end having said something about what it means to grow up, what it means to, you know, come of age. You hear of like coming of age movies or TV shows. This is this is one that's that is even more interesting to me because it's so autobiographical and they're kind of in many ways revisiting themselves and I don't know many of us who would want to go back and revisit what it was like to be an adolescent and to go through all that stuff and uh they are enduring that and wrestling with some of those demons um I also really like it because uh I was I've never been a female adolescent I've never been you know I I know what male adolescence is like or what it was like for me Um, But to see the – to put myself in their shoes as females going through adolescence and just how the issues they're dealing with are so different than the issues I dealt with and in many ways so much more traumatic because they are women um, is I think one of the most beautiful things of storytelling is the ability to experience empathy for something you could never experience yourself. And uh, so I thank them for that, um, for that education. Uh, on what adolescence was like for them. So I, I really enjoyed it. It's hilarious. It's, it's a comedy. It's funny. You're going to laugh a lot, but I think there's some real beauty and meaning there too. Um, so yeah, Pin 15 uh, is on Hulu if you want to check it out. Well, we did it, Tom. We managed to do a podcast. Congratulations to us. Um, we, uh, we set out to do a podcast and we found out we were inside the podcast. Has a cooler <laughs> statement ever been said in the history of Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. SIFPOP is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the show today. Uh, Appreciate that. And big thanks to Dom Fisher from Geek Vibes Nation for hanging out with us. Where can people find you? Where can people find Geek Vibes? Uh, Let us know a little bit about what you do.
2: Yeah, so all of our articles, reviews uh, are on GeekVibesNation.com dot um, and our Twitter is at GeekVibesNation. Uh, all my reviews uh, are on there. We post YouTube videos, and we have our own podcast networks too. So if you just search GeekVibesNation, basically anywhere we're gonna pop up on there, and we have a whole gaggle of everything. We have we just started more YouTube stuff with unboxing videos and stuff. So You're going to see a lot more from us coming soon as we grow our team.
1: Awesome. Uh, Geek vibes nation on Twitter. And you can also check out the website as well. Dom, it's always awesome to have you on. Uh, So see you back sometime again. Uh, By the way, if you want to be a SIF pop member, you can do that at Patreon, patreon.com slash SIF pop support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, You get access to bonus episodes at certain levels, some other fun perks, including monthly video hangout at different levels. You can find out all the details at patreon.com siftpop. You can also connect with us in several ways. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you'd like to hit us up via email, that's feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than surviving a gravity wave, whatever that is. We will be back next week with, I think, Death on the Nile and uh, Book of Boba Fett. I think we'll review the, the season of Book of Boba Fett as well as Death on the Nile. And we'll see you guys then. Bye.
2: Peace.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.